present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. You're welcome to join us this week from the Theatre Royal in Winchester, a fine city set at the heart of the ancient kingdom of Wessex. It was the Romans who established a town here on the site of a small British settlement and called it Winter Belgarum. The Latin word Winter simply meant home, while the word Belgarum indicated a base of rocky hills or tors, hence the literal translation home-based stores. <laughs> With the withdrawal of the Romans, the town went into decline until revived as a Saxon stronghold to fend off the Vikings. Much of England to the northwest was terrorized by invading Danes, who forced the native populace to endure such hardships as pillage, slavery, torture, and bacon slices pumped full of water. <laughs> With the building of the cathedral, the city became a venue for royal weddings. In 1002, Emma, the daughter of the Duke of Normandy, came here to marry Ethelred the Unready, who used the occasion to launch his unsuccessful range of torch batteries. <laughs> With the city constantly expanding, St. John's Hospital was built here in A.D. 935. Their first ever patient is recorded as one Will the Shepherd. His descendants still live in the area and treasure the document confirming his admission date, which has been passed down the family since the very day it was received in 1984. <laughs> St. John's is believed to be the oldest medieval hospital in Britain. The NHS recently began a modernization program <laughs> to bring all their others up to this standard. <laughs> well, it's now time to meet the teams, and this week we have four comedians off the television. And there aren't many who've been off the television as long as these. <laughs> They are on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Sandy Toxvig. And eager as ever to enjoy the teams on the desk next to me, please welcome our scorer, the delightful Samantha. Okay, we kick off with a round that's all about sequels to famous movies. The sequel is a well-known device designed to build upon the qualities of an established formula. And this was even tried with a once popular Wiley show called I'm Sorry, I'll Read That Again. <laughs> I can't begin to list all the truly great qualities of the sequel. And believe me, I've tried. <laughs> Rarely does the second version live up to the standard set by the original, so, teams, I'd like you please to reverse the trend by suggesting titles of more exciting and expensive versions of the originals. Barry, you can start. Um, Death of a Sales Force. <laughs> Graham? Two flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> Tim? Louisa May Olcott's Big, Big Women. <laughs> 
Just a dream I had. <laughs> Sandy. 39 steps with deluxe Stanner Stairlift. <laughs> Conan the East Thiet. <laughs> chitty, chitty, bang and Olufsen. Watership down and then back up again. Very dramatic one, call me Saddam. <laughs> Reference to call me Madam. It's <laughs> the best that's ever gone. Bring me the whole of Alfredo. <laughs> Dickens' completely unrealistic expectations. <laughs> Harry Potter and Sharon Stone. <laughs> Twelve calm women. Oh. <laughs> A whole sixpence. <laughs> That's sweet. Conan the governor. <laughs> Generous Annick. As opposed to tight, Annick. Who <laughs> 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 lives in the mist with slight occlusion from the west but brightening late? <laughs> I'm going to ask the teams to sing for us now. Oh, no. In the round call, one song to the tune of another. Now, this isn't a concept that's at all difficult to grasp, teams, as the basic construction of a song mirrors almost exactly that of a spacecraft. The tune is, the tune is just like a rocket motor driving the capsule, or words, up through the stratosphere and out of the Earth's ecliptic orbit, and once free of gravitational pull, the two can be separated, just as the words can be removed from the song and set to a different tune, or, in the case of the capsule, can dock with another space vehicle. <laughs> Personally, I've never seen the point of space travel. Oh, yes, you, you can point to all the spin-off benefits such as non-stick digital watches and a barrow that writes... and a barrow that writes upside down. But what's the point of that, anyway? If you want to write upside down, just turn the page round when you've finished. <laughs> of course, they proved the moon has zero atmosphere, but Swindon has zero atmosphere. <laughs> And we don't all spend millions of dollars going there to see for ourselves. <laughs> now, teams, I sense that you think I've missed something here. Yes, what about the black hole, that strange area of space that's so densely compressed it absorbs everything that goes near it? How does that fit in? A body that is both dense and sucks. <laughs> At the piano, we have Colin Sell. Okay, we'll start with you, Barry. Would you please sing the words of Mac the Knife to the tune of Land of Hope and Glory? <laughs> oh, the shark has pretty teeth, dear, and he shows them pearly white. Just a jackknife has Mac Heath, dear, and he keeps it out of sight. When the shark bites with his teeth, dear, scarlet billows start to spread. Fancy gloves are where's my teeth, dear, so there's not a trace of red. On the sidewalk Sunday morning, 
closing eyes Someone sneaking round the corner Is that someone back tonight? From a tumble by the river A cement bag dropping You now, Sandy, would you please... I'm going to say that again and sound less eager. Would you... (laughs) Would you please sing the words of Anarchy in the UK to the tune of Bring Me Sunshine? Don't know what I want But I know how to get it I want to destroy the passerby Cause I want to be anarchy No dog's body in the city It's the only way to be Is this the MPLA? I thought it was the UK Or just another country Another council tenancy I want to be an anarchist Get pissed and destroy I'm an antichrist I'm an anarchist Your turn, Tim, and I want you to sing the words of the red flag to the tune of Mr. Sandman. (laughs) The people's flag is deepest red It's shrouded off are martyred dead and have their limbs grew stiff and cold their hearts were dyed it's every fold then raise the scarlet standard high within its shade we'll live and die though cowards flinch and traitor sneer we'll keep the red flag flying here brother And fi- I'm so overcome by these two words that I very often can't say them at all. <laughs> and finally. <laughs> and finally, Graham, I'd like you to sing the words of How Much Is That Doggy in the Window to the tune of Bob Dylan's Blowing in the Wind. <laughs> How much is that doggy in the Woof, woof, the one with the waggly tail. How much is that dog in the window? Woof, woof, I do hope that dog is for sale. I don't want a bunny or a kitty. I don't want a parrot that talks. I don't want a bowl of little fishes. You can take a goldfish for a walk. (laughs) Sheer pleasure. (laughs) That's three across, done. (laughs) 
We move on now to a game called Play Your Chords Right. This is based on a popular TV show called Play Your Cards Right, hosted by the evergreen Bruce Forsyth. It was Brucey, of course, who became famous with his many catchphrases, such as, nice to see you, to see you nice, and what do you mean a wig? A wig, what mean you do? (laughs) Now, in Play Your Chords Right, Colin Sell will play the first note of a certain piece of classical music, and the team's task will be to judge whether the next note is higher or lower. The team guessing correctly will get to answer a question about Winchester College. We've chosen that subject as not only are we in Winchester this week, but also the school was attended by our very own Tim Brooke Taylor and another Winchester schoolboy who famously sported a Union Jack waistcoat was Sir Oswald (laughs) Mosley. However, Mosley was suspended for growing a small bristly moustache, clearly copying his hero, that notorious fascist, the school matron. Okay, I'll now ask Colin to announce the piece of music whose note structure you'll be guessing, teams. What is it, Colin? <laughs> it's the Kuss Falsa, Opus 400, by Johann Strauss II. Not a... again. <laughs> okay, will you please play the first note of this piece for us now, Colin? Yes, Hunter. <laughs> okay, we'll start with you, Barry and Graham. Is the next higher. note higher or lower than the first? Higher, higher. 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 Okay, Colin. Can we have the second note, please? Here's the first note. Yes. Here's the second note. Yes. Okay, the first question. Under what circumstances might one Winchester schoolboy remark to another, that spree sweater is lobbing because I've jockeyed his suction? <laughs> Please, sir, I, this, know, sir. I, I know, sir. I know, sir. Oh, God. I think it's when the riders of Rohan have laid siege to the elflings <laughs> in the mines of Mordor. <laughs> no? No. 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 Swatty no, re- Brook Taylor's putting his hand up. Sorry, Sandy. <clears throat> what? Uh... <laughs> What's... Sandy's, you didn't notice. <laughs> do, do people still carry smelling salts? <laughs> Can we have a go, please? Yes. Well, I think Spree was cheeky. Uh, sweater man in sweat, so he's a fag. Uh, he's lobbing, he's crying, uh, mm. because... Uh, I've stolen, which is jocking, his sweets. Is that right? It is pretty well, yes. Confiscated is the word here. That oh, cheeky fag yeah, is crying because story. I've confiscated True. his sweets. <laughs> I don't know what your parents paid for that school, but it was worth every penny. <laughs> <laughs> now, Colin, can you uh, give us a round-up of what you've played so far? <laughs> Tim and Sandy, I want you to now guess whether the next note is higher or lower. What do you think? It's lower. Lower, Hump. Colin, lower or higher? This is the sequence so far. (laughs) (laughs) Here 
right. Thanks so a next, lot. Next question. <laughs> next question is for you, Barry and Graham. Under what circumstances might a Winchester schoolboy say, pass the bibling rods, there's a tunding on top of hall? <laughs> when... Well, he's easy. pissed, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I think, oh, sorry, no, I think you'll find Tun Ding was the school Sherpa, wasn't he? <laughs> and they'd use the bibling rods to get him down. Well, I've got here, this meant that a flogging was about to be administered by the prefect of Hall on the dais in the dining hall in front of the entire school. A tunding could be from 12 to 50 strokes administered with bibling rods beech-handled rods comprising four apple twigs, each five feet in length. Gosh, it's and gone a... soft since I was there. <laughs> Colin, give us a round-up of what you've played so far. <laughs> Tim and Sandy, yeah. have a go. Higher or lower? Yeah, lo- lower. Lower. We say lower. lower. All right. We don't really want the question of the Can I just say the sweetest thing that you may not be able to see in the audience is that when each time Colin's doing that, he's beating time with his foot as if it really mattered. <laughs> OK, Tim and Sandy, what's the answer? What's the question? What was the question? <laughs> I seem to remember it's... Is that note higher or lower? And we got, we got that one right. We've done that, bit. Yeah. It we was got it, lower. It was lower, and now you give us a question. And then you have a nice cup of tea. <laughs> Next question coming up, Tim and Sandy. How might sporting an erection in the chamber afford a Winchester boy a little more privacy? <laughs> Anybody got the answer there? Anybody? Sandy. Well, it would, uh, it would keep the other boys at least seven inches further away. <laughs> Absolutely right. According Thank you very much. To, according to the book of Winchester slang, to sport an erection meant to place a light bookshelf on the outside edge of one's slab, thus partly shutting off oneself from the rest of the chamber. What a load of codswallop. Now. <laughs> so what did you say at Eaton, then? I no, can't remember. Good night, nurse. <laughs> I was only there for one afternoon. The next round is called Animal Farm. This is played in tribute to Orwell's novel of farm animals whose philosophy is summarised as four legs good, two legs bad. It's a phrase which might prove a useful work ethic for whoever it was who packed my new self-assembly B&Q kitchen table. (laughs) In our version of Animal Farm, each team will tell an animal-related story while the other will be required to provide the appropriate sound effect. <laughs> Graham Garden seems to be quite good at this, as he's an expert at doing farm impressions, and offered Barry Cryer some coaching. So the other evening, Barry went round to Graham's house in the country, and Graham shot him in the back. <laughs> teams, teams should keep telling their stories until they hear this. cows come home. (laughs) 
Okay, will you start telling your animal-related story for us now, Barry and Graham? Have the cows forgotten their keys? (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, they're coming home. Why did they ring the bell? They must have forgotten their keys. (laughs) Just a thought. Because they'd lost their horns. That's right, milk it. (laughs) Barry and Graham. Yes. Start telling your story, please. It was tea time in the jungle. All the animals were there. (laughs) Suddenly, they all fell silent for the arrival of Jumbo, the wise old chimp. (laughs) Is that right? That's beautiful. Yes, perfect. You passed that, yeah? Immaculate. No, no complaints there. Go on, then. It was the hyena who broke the silence. Bloody hell. Um. (laughs) They laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Why so sad, said Jumbo. (laughs) Before he could answer, there came the eerie howl of the unicorn. Never heard one, be honest. <laughs> the frogs flew into a panic. They were only calmed by the arrival of Conan, the caterpillar. <laughs> You gave such good caterpillar. That was. <laughs> I do. By now, the party was in full swing. The leopard danced with the wasp. Start <laughs> 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 like turning into golem. <laughs> I spotted you the moment I came in. <laughs> I'll give it three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> while the hippos attacked the food. Charge! (laughs) The end. Okay, Tim and Sandy, would you please tell your animal-related story, a one-liner, if possible, (laughs) for Barry and Graham to make animal noises too. A horse went into a pub with a mole on its back. You be wanting a drink, said the landlord, beavering away behind the bar. You didn't do the B, by the way. You Ah, be. Mr. B. Yeah. What'll it be, my lard? (laughs) My lord. What'll it be? Ah. (laughs) Quack. Would would you like a a glass of red deer? What do deer do? They bark, don't they? They... Clash antlers. Yeah. I haven't heard them. Oh. <laughs> Don't be an ass, said the horse. Me. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Bear with him, said the mole. Uh, <laughs> God help us, it's dark in here. <laughs> I always have to pander to him. <laughs> oh. 
a little more bamboo, if you don't mind. <laughs> I've had a shag for a month. Have you got monkey nuts? Asked the horse. <laughs> no, it's just the way I'm sitting, he said. <laughs> I'm afraid we're out of roast wolf. Oh! Oh, said the mole. I suppose a fox out of the question. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's out of the question. Oh, bullocks. <laughs> Any pudding? Well, there's dessert rat. <laughs> or, if you want to pig out, chocolate mousse. <laughs> Duck! <laughs> shouted the mole. <laughs> okay. I notice it's very nearly the end of the show, but there's just time to squeeze in a round of Russian songbook. <laughs> Samantha is off on a dinner date with a gentleman friend from Moscow who's brought over a variety of caviars and a rare vodka-based aperitif. She says he's going to offer her delicious food in his hotel room and then lick her out on the balcony. <laughs> I failed to see the double in that on time. <laughs> so while she nips out to enjoy that, I'd like the teams to suggest titles of songs that might appeal to an audience from Russia and other former members of the Soviet bloc. Graham, will you start, please? When you wish upon a Tsar. <laughs> hey, I'm Some... Lenin on a lamppost <laughs> at the corner. <laughs> Every breath you take by the Politburo. <laughs> Check, 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 check off. <laughs> Write what? a little play for me. The funky Chechen. Yes. I belong to Glasnost. <laughs> Crimea River. I'm Catherine the Great, I am. <laughs> Lonnie Donegan's number one hit, Putin on the Style. No Soviets by Edith Kiev. Ruble, don't take your love to town. Tashkent, wallop, what a picture. <laughs> she wore an itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot headscarf. <laughs> Teddy bear Sputnik. <laughs> You're sure of a big surprise. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as the bride of time is led down the aisle of fate before the manager of Tesco's points out they don't do wedding ceremonies. <laughs> I notice it's the end of the show. So from the team, Samantha, myself and the good folk of Winchester, it's goodbye. Graham Garden, Sandy Coxvig and Tim Brooke Taylor have been given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme consultant was Ian Pattinson and the producer was John Naismith. <laughs>